a playlist original. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Back to the Blockbuster with your hosts, Gaius and Jackson. I'm delighted to jump into a little gem of a movie from February 19th, 1999 today. Uh, We're talking about October Sky, a little movie that debuted, uh, like I said, back in February 25 years ago this year, directed by Joe Johnson, and a movie that I think Gaius and I both had put a lot of years in between seeing it last, but I got a lot of nostalgia attached to this movie. So really excited to jump in. And I don't think either of us have talked to each other about this movie before. We were just saying offline how it sort of uh, kind of falls in by the wayside, thinking about a lot of other movies from the 1999 club. Um, but by no means should you think about skipping it if you ever come across it. Um, but yeah, without further ado, Gaius, what did you think? You got the watch in today, just like I did on the anniversary itself, right? Yeah, uh, as of recording, I had a recording on February 19th. Uh, and I, like you said, um, we, I hadn't really thought about October Sky in a really, really long time. It had been a, yeah, there have been years since I watched it yet last. Yeah. I do remember the first time I saw it, and it was like you said offline, it was actually in a class. And for myself, it was in uh, high school. Okay, um, nice. That was the first, and the unfortunate thing about that first time watch is, of course, like the movie is longer than a typical class period would be so that watch right. was split up into two days uh for that particular class i think um, mine must have been two probably <laughs> so like so that wasn't uh the best way to watch it but you know still an interesting first time uh watching school and then uh god i'm i it would have to be 10 plus years that i've seen this last and not even like popping it in to like be like oh i want to watch it i think it might have been like on tv and it might have been just background mm-hmm. noise while i was doing something else Right, um, right, right. That's like the last time I can remember uh, watching it. But I, the cool thing was when this was on our list of anniversary, potential anniversary episodes, um, you picked it as one that you really wanted to do. That's and, right. um, you know, and it was interesting. I wouldn't have thought to have been like, oh, I want to do that one. Um, I, you know, Just I have included, it as an I, option. Yeah. Yeah. I included it on the list because, you know, it was, it was, you know, I saw it and I was like, oh, it'll be 25. So, like, it's there if if anyone's inclined to do it and definitely not one i would have been like oh let's jump in and, and get this one in but i was happy that you picked it because one it's another example of how different some of the anniversary episodes are like we just did one for friday 13th <laughs> which is a completely different uh piece than oh, this as different as it could be and it just gave um myself and yourself an opportunity to watch something that we hadn't watched in a really long time probably haven't even thought about in a really long time That's and right. uh i think for me it kind of brought back that feeling of like it's so i'm trying for the best way to put it it's just so wholesome and nice yeah <laughs> wholesome and... is a good way to describe it absolutely <laughs> it's very like... all american just nice yeah. heartwarming good feel-good story yeah, this movie does not have a chip on its shoulder. It's very inspirational. You can't help but feel a little inspired yourself while you're watching it. Yeah. Uh, even if you have like no entrance in rocketry or anything like that, you're like, well, maybe, maybe I could <laughs> one day after you're watching it. Um, and that was the feeling I got watching it this morning. I I felt like happy when it was over. Like it was like a genuine like I felt happy for everyone involved <laughs> like every every character in that movie like, yep you know just watching like you know movies like this are interesting because it could easily be like so cheesy that it's like uh like that was like really like on the nose and like uh like you almost want to roll your eyes because it seems very like too good to be true but since this is you know based on a true story you're like all right, right. well um you can't really look at it that way when you're watching it this way. I mean, like, you know. I, I agree. I, I'm sure maybe some moments are embellished a little bit, you know, for, you know, the sake of it being a movie, but for the most part, yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like it has those sentimentalities of like the typical nineties movie, like some scenes that we'll, I'm sure we'll get into, but for me, it never quite bordered on actual cheese. Like I, I never felt, I never rolled my eyes at any parts, even though there, there is lots about this movie that, formulaic of other movies like from the time period for sure but yeah no it never it never gave me cause to like roll my eyes or groan at a cheesiness which was nice but it, it got it got close a couple of times but <laughs> all in all it was uh it was an absolute blast to get back to this one you said it had been like a decade plus for you i i remember yeah. unless i don't think i ever saw this in between but the last time i remember and the only time i remember watching this movie was uh in my I guess it was more like these days we'd call it like an IT class, but it was actually taught um, by 
a friend of mine's father who was also named Jackson. And uh, there was part of this curriculum. I was in what you guys call junior high. We call middle school over here. So I was in eighth grade. Uh So this would have been second semester. So it was 2012. I can at least, that's the closest I could pinpoint it. And there was actually a rocket um, part of the curriculum for this class where we actually built our own makeshift rockets and got to launch them out on the school property. And so we watched October sky in anticipation of that part of the curriculum and uh, at that point, I was already blossoming as like a, a movie lover, not nearly to the regard that I am these days, but where there was lots of people like not paying attention or chatting or on their phones in class. Like I remember being hooked, like loved this movie when I saw your it. <laughs> exactly. And like come to see, like seeing it again today, like I didn't remember, I would not know, not have known who Laura Dern was at that time, even though I would have seen Jurassic Park by eighth grade. Um, Jake yeah. Gyllenhaal, obviously I would have known when I was, cause I was like 13 or 14 in grade eight. Um, but lot, it was really cool, I guess, to, to see some faces that I have not, would not have known at the time I saw it the first time I knew Chris Cooper, of course, as well, who plays Jake Gyllenhaal's yeah. father, but it was great now putting, a, you know, over a decade of movie watching in between this last watch. It's, I love doing that. Like when a movie brings you back and seeing faces that you didn't realize were in this movie at the time. So it was honestly, uh, that was half the fun I had with this watch is being like, oh, that's Jesse from Fast and Furious is in this movie. I haven't seen him. Yeah, that else. was another one. I, I was like, yeah. I was like oh. <laughs> my, my brain to like, a, what? I was like, because oh. I was like, every time I think about like Jesse from the Fast and Furious, like what else has that guy been in? Right. And I was like watching it this, this morning and I was like, oh, I, he is in this. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> another fun part is seeing what scenes. I remembered which ones came back to me and there was fewer than I would have remembered actually that I would have thought. Um, Cause I remember the general premise of the movie, like no problem. Um, but like, right. as far as individual scenes, only a few really stood out to me that like, Oh, I remember this happening. I already know where this is going. Um, which is also yeah. kind of fun to test the memory, but yeah, it, long story short, it'd been a long time for me since I'd seen it too. And uh, I'd say like, I, I can appreciate it much more now these days than I even could have, back when I was a teenager and I liked it when I saw it. Yeah. Um, for all, for all, for all the kids at home, just in case they don't know what October sky <laughs> is about. Uh, like he said, it's directed by Joe Johnson and it stars Jake Gyllenhaal, Chris Cooper, uh, Chris Owen, Laura Dern, Chad Lindbergh, who is, uh, Jesse from the fast and furious for those keeping score. Uh, the screenplay is by Lewis Hollick based on a memoir of the same name tells a true story of Homer H. Jacob Jr. A coal miner's son who is inspired by the launch of, Sputnik won in 1957 to take up rocketry against his father's wishes and eventually became a NASA engineer. Uh, October Sky is actually an anagram of Rocket Boys. The title mm. of the 1990 memoir upon which the film is based is also used in a period video broadcast describing Sputnik 1 as it crossed the October sky. Uh, Homer Hickam said that Universal uh, Studios marketing people got involved and they just had to change the title because, according to their research, women over 30 would never see a movie titled Rocket Boys. <laughs> um, okay. The book was late, and the book was later re-released with the, the name in order to capitalize on interest in the film. Um, I think I said uh, movie made $34.7 million on a $25 million budget. Well, what's impressive, even though that's not like a huge amount, it had a five point nine million dollar opening weekend so it had like a little bit of word of mouth and then die quick considering how low it uh right premiered at and they said in the years since its release that it really has particularly in the area in which it takes place it the cultural impact of the movie still resonates today i guess it, they have uh there's two annual festivals in honor of the rocket boys and the film one is held in West Virginia, where the real-life events depicted in the book and film took place, and the other is in t- Tennessee, where the movie was actually shot. So it still uh, you know, hmm. has its own little—I don't know—I don't know if you call it cult following, but it has a—you know—it's it, respected even now, 25 years later. But even though, like, even though that's the case, like, mm-hmm. it could be for a lot of people, like it was with us, you kind of forget about it, even though it's a pretty solid movie. Um, Very solid, you know. and um, definitely. I don't know, but it's, it's looking at Joe Johnson's filmography right here for those that might recognize the name, but can't think. I think people may have seen more movies by him than they realized. This he had done Rocket Boys only. It was the only the first movie he followed up Jumanji with, which I didn't realize until looking at it right now that he was the Jumanji director, which is pretty cool. I knew him from um, the first Captain America movie from 2011, which he he directed. Um, and Jurassic Park three, which I know is, uh, not, not the best is it, I, I have this kind of a soft spot for all the Jurassic parks, at least the first three, um, didn't know he did that either. Um, but 
probably the other work in his filmography that uh really surprised me a movie that i would love to cover i'm just seeing right now it turns 20 this year um hidalgo with uh, Viggo mortensen uh is a great little flick that oh, i think would yeah, be great to yeah i did not know he directed that, that so this guy's got a pretty sweet um and that's not even all the notable works he's done um but he's got a great little directing filmography and i'd say this is definitely of the ones that i've seen um they've all been pretty much of the same caliber like he's brought a lot um, he did visual effects on Raiders of the Lost Ark too. So really talented director here. And I think it's it's weird that this movie sort of overlooked considering how good it really is and how well it's um, sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? It kept up over 25 years. Yeah. But yeah, Jumanji though, that threw me for a loop. I did not know that he, he directed I used, that. I used prior. to love that movie. I, mean, I haven't watched it in a long time, but I used to love it when I was younger. Next um, year will be 30. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so it's interesting too. You said Hidalgo, that turns 20 uh this year right. um we could possibly be covering three joe johnson movies so he also directed which i didn't i didn't even realize he directed honey i shrunk the kids that came out in 89 that'll be 35 <laughs> okay <laughs> wow uh, uh, um, that would be pretty so that's, crazy uh, that's interesting and he also and i don't know if you've seen it but i feel like you will like it if you haven't seen it uh he did the rockets here which is like a, a it, that movie did not make a ton of money when it came out but it is a cult classic now and it's uh really really good movie it was it was supposed to like kind of launch like a big franchise for disney and it just didn't happen because it just didn't make a lot of money but it's okay. a movie that um years later people are have like reevaluated and have been like very curious as to why that movie didn't hit the way it should have in 1991 um but it's considered a classic now which is kind of uh interesting uh but it's a really uh Really good movie. I think you might like it if you haven't seen it. But yeah, well, I've seen it in his filmography, and I definitely recognize like the cover art of The Rocketeer, but really don't yeah. know anything about it. Would be super down. But I would love to cover three Joe Johnson movies this year. Um, <laughs> Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I only would have seen a little bit on TV when I was really, really young, so it would more or less yeah. be a first time watch. Um, but Hidalgo, I want to book that in right now. That'd be great to cover. But back to October Sky. I love to like that. I remember just one of those little slick details that I always appreciated about this movie is. I remember Mr. Pomeroy telling us that, that, that about the anagram uh, October Sky and yeah. Rocket Boys. I thought that was just so so slick. So I I was uh, eager. I, I watched this with my girlfriend today. Actually, she she joined. So if she's watching, she'll know nice. too that I was eager in telling her about that 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 uh, anagram rather. Good. Yeah, and I didn't even know that. So <laughs> I, I yeah, that. it's pretty until pretty cool I, detail I, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Until I like had to like look up stuff today, and I was like. And it's one of those things that seems so obvious, but when I was reading it, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, this was also uh, Jake Jonah had already been acting as a child actor for a little bit, um, but this mm. was is considered his kind of breakthrough movie, um, okay, in a lot of ways. He was 17 when he filmed it. Um, they actually said that, um, he actually had a tutor and stuff on set because he was taking like accelerated like uh classes. Uh, while well, he was still in school while making uh, uh, this movie. So, like, it's hard. It's, it's crazy because he does. I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal has aged pretty well. <laughs> uh, mm, yeah. but, like, but, it, but, but it is interesting looking at this because he looks so young. Like, it's just like I haven't watched a movie of his where he, around this time with him in it in a really long time. So I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, kind of, but it, to go along with that kind of youthful exuberance, it kind of goes in his performance as well. Like, he is very likable. <laughs> oh absolutely yeah and yeah and i don't see all the uh the you know rocky boys are likable in it but like you know you have to want to root for him and make, make you know believe that he can succeed and james shell definitely has that aw shucks <laughs> personality in this movie where you're like uh how can you not like him <laughs> right so absolutely like, so so go along with it being like a really good performance is just his natural like personality i think also makes him really good uh for that role and then and really selling it yeah i completely agree he <clears throat> i i guess i compare this to him he he done donnie darko which is a favorite of mine uh only a couple years yeah, I love that later and in that two years i guess he doesn't age too much but this you can you can absolutely tell he's he's very youthful in this but i agree there's something about his portrayal in this movie that makes you just innately want him to succeed i think it's from the moment when the the town is kind of like looking up at Sputnik passing by and the yeah. whole crowd is like dissipating after it sort of passes their line of sight and he's still standing like slack jawed with his like face to the stars and you can tell in that moment 
that it's ignited yeah. this this passion for discovery and for i guess uh more like exploring space in general um and from then on yeah. uh, he is just absolutely steadfast in in building rockets and by the movie's conclusion, we see really what that leads to him for him as a career in this field, which is um, just yeah. the ultimate cherry on top for the success story. Yeah. It, it, it's one of those things too. Like when you hear, when you're reading like the plot, like even just me reading it and then realizing what he goes on to do as a adult, mm-hmm. it sounds like something that's too good to be true. Like they, that has to be made up for a movie, but then you're just like, no, like it's so crazy that that is, you know, and rightfully so. I mean, when you are that passionate about something mm. and you really believe that you can do it, I mean, those kind of things can happen to for people who are really, especially, I especially like hearing it when they're so invested in doing something like this, even though so many people are telling them they shouldn't are being like, oh, you should do this because you're expected to do this, you know, as, you know, he kind of is in this, in the film, you know, Chris Cabrou plays his dad. Um, kind of like you know you're going to work in the mines and that's about it and then like sports <laughs> that's, you know, all, the, right. you know, all the all all the things that like you know especially during that time that they were probably pushed to do um um <clears throat> and i'm not gonna be another aspect of the movie that felt like really familiar it would have been like kind of oh i've seen this before and like i know how this plays out but the way that there's like little things in their performances together um where it doesn't just come off as like an angry dad being upset that his son wants to do something completely different in, in, with, in, with his life. You can right. tell there's like, in a, there's a hint of he's almost proud of him in a certain, in certain ways. He doesn't want to express it because he's seeing that he's doing his own thing, but he wishes that he would apply that to, you know, what he's doing. And right. even in those conflicts that they have with each other, I mean, I love that moment uh, towards the end of the movie where he invites his dad to go watch the, the launch and it's kind of contentious at first, but then he basically, by the end of it, you know, he insinuates like, you no, know, Ron Braun wasn't his hero. Like you're my hero. And then by yeah. the end, like basically, and then I, I swear when that, after that was over, I got like a little like in my throat. I was like, Oh, I was yeah. Like, yeah. I was trying. There was a couple moments here in the last five minutes. Not that anything like too objectively sad in the movie happens, but the stuff that like, makes it just kind of well up and like gets that lump in your throat i was like trying not to like let a tear slide down my cheek <laughs> like you're point, like, your girlfriend. exactly and i was like <laughs> pressing my tongue to the roof of my mouth like okay do not cry right now but like that <laughs> moment is so heartwarming when he tells his dad like you can tell his dad's like you know disappointed that he won't be following in his footsteps and he thinks that yeah. his son admires these you know big scientists more than he does his own father and when he kind of corrects him and lets him know like no you know that this guy isn't my hero. He doesn't even have to say like, you are. You that, are like, yeah, would have, yeah. that would have maybe bordered on cheese, but because he leaves yeah. that out and it's just like the implication. Oh man. Yeah. It was just, it just reminded me like it could be, that could be anyone in their dad sort of thing. Yeah. It made it like universal. Um, but yeah, no, it was very touching. And there's a few moments um, when his dad does show up to the final rocket launch and they, and he, they let him like kind of press the button to launch it. Another yeah. just amazing. Another, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. again, a, a moment that could easily be cheesy, but it still works. Like when he is like works, basically, yeah. you know, thanking everyone that like got them there and like who inspired them. And then he gets to the point where he's about to like, you know, thank his dad. And then he there's like that pause, and then yeah. kind of the music kicking in, and then he shows yeah. up and he says and he says dad like quietly at the end because he like is surprised to see him. And it could have been really cheesy, but it works. I don't know. I I felt every ounce of emotion while while well, yeah. the end of that movie be like, yep. I'm glad we ended up here <laughs> and like the movie makes you like earn that journey too. Like, that's what mm-hmm. I liked about it as well. Like you, you, and, like, and, and even if you like didn't read like the plot outline or anything like that, like that is what your hope is when you're watching something like this. It's like, all right, well, I hope we get to a point where, you know, he proves everyone wrong and that he was right. you know, really meant, meant to do something like this. That is what you want from a film like this. So I was, you know, you're just happy that they, like succeed <laughs> oh, and does it ever deliver on that because it's like i'm i'm sure there's been you know there's true stories where maybe the odds are stacked a little bit more against the uh protagonist but i by all for all accounts jake gyllenhaal's character homer hickam doesn't necessarily have much on his side at the time he decides he wants to start developing rockets he's got the dad that initially is not supportive at all that keeps writing off his 
passion as nonsense and he's got the older brother who kind of has his dad's affections because he's the star football player um there's just not he's stuck in this dead-end town where the only hopes of getting out are through a football scholarship and we see very early on that is not where his aptitudes lie there's a funny sequence where he's keeps repeatedly getting knocked down in football (laughs) knocked down yeah (laughs) i i appreciated like how brief that scene was because it was as brief as it was it's a little sequence of him getting tackled several times but the whole it it doesn't need to linger it it tells us in that 30 second clip or a minute long clip this is not you know what he's destined to do let's just get that out of the way now and i thought it was pretty effective for how short it really was um but yeah and if not for football then really everyone stuck in that town is destined for a really crude harsh career working a coal mine in a dead-end town and at that point very early on it's kind of established that this is a survival story for Homer Hickam, yeah. he does not. He's not going to make it out on a football scholarship, and he desperately doesn't want to go work in the mine where everyone ends up either dying from some sort of mine accident or developing like the black lung or something, as we see right. uh, several times throughout the movie. So it's sort of a do or die. Like he he needs to make this work and get to the science fair and and hopefully win for any sort of sort of chance to to break it out into the into the bigger world. So it's very much feels like a, a survival story from Homer's perspective. Yeah, I agree, and I, I also uh, he is very much aware that like there's aspects of that town that are dying, and like you know he, he you can't there was no like sustainable life that he could have working in the coal mines, and he like knows that too. So he right you know, how he's like hyper aware of you know what he needs to do to get out, otherwise he'll just be kind of stuck, and he doesn't want to be stuck. And I I do like that even though he feels that way, there is still like this sense of respect that he has for his father even though he doesn't want to do what he does he right. still respects him as a man who has who has provided for their family and right. but just wants to do uh he wants to do that but in his own way and on his own in his own terms basically so right. i i love that there isn't so like i don't want to be stuck here like you almost like it's like an insult because that's, that's not really how it comes off it comes off more like you know i just need to do my own path as i see what's happening right here and I, and I also see what my options are and like, I want a better one. So like there's, and there's nothing wrong with that. So I'm glad that it's presented that way and not more like a disrespectful, like, you know, you've been stuck here doing this and I don't want to be like you. I that, right. didn't come off that way at least. No. And it, it really didn't. And just to add to that too, I think there's a couple moments where Chris Cooper's character, like the dad, um, it's kind of displayed that he actually is just passionate about, as weird as it sounds, he loves doing what he does. He says he, at, a, at a time, like he's like, he was born to do this, to work in the coal mine. And he understands it like, you know, the back of his hand. And so I feel like he, he wants his son to share that passion because obviously it's clear his older son is going to go down the route of, you know, football scholarships and kind of get out that way. So Homer's really his last chance at kind of having the son follow in his footsteps. That's something that he's crafted this great career from great I, I i use loosely but something that he, he's yeah. risen to the top in this industry and wants his son to inherit that position from him and it, it can't be the older son who's just you know destined for greater things like football wise so i think he kind of does he want he just kind of wishes homer had that shared passion but and is sort of throughout the movie conflicted that his son you know has a different one in in, in rockets i suppose and why he passes yeah. it off as nonsense for so much of the movie but it completely it makes it make sense why they butt heads, and I thought that was portrayed really well. And Chris Cooper does a great job. I feel like he's born to play that resistant dad type. Like he's so good yeah. in that in that role. Well, he has very yeah. good resistant dad face. Like the, he even does. he looks like one of those one of those guys that would like be like that. Um, it's, it, they have I mean, a, they have a, oh go ahead. Oh, sorry, I, I, I was just going to mention. I think is it American Beauty came out the same year. He's like the same role in the in yeah American Beauty. yeah, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Same yeah, yeah. Anyway, I sort of cut they, you off. No, that's right. They have they have that really good scene where they are in that kind of full fledged like argument with each other, and um, and like it's a, it's such a powerful and well done scene. I like by the time Jake Gyllenhaal basically says like he's gonna he's gonna leave and like he'll he's like and I'll never come back. He'll never look back. Right. Um, you can only and you can tell like even if it's in the acting mostly, but you can just tell these are things being said out of anger and he doesn't really mean it. Right. But it's like but there's a, a point where he's like I need to like you fully need to understand what I'm doing with my life and you're not going to stop me from doing it. And then in just getting the pushback from his dad, cause he's just, you know, 
like you said, he has his reasons for him wanting to do what he wants him to do. Right. Um, it's just a really well written and well acted scene in general. Because when it was over, I was like digging my head. I was like, no, you guys don't really hate each other. Come on. Uh, this is. <laughs> You like um, took a moment to like to talk for like a second. You would realize you're on the same page, but like you know, in different ways. Exactly. Way. I'm glad you say <clears throat> comment on how well written it is because I didn't know this until I had the IMDb page open in front of me. But uh, of the two writing credits, Homer Hickam Jr., who I can only assume, assume is like Jake Gyllenhaal's character's eventual son, uh, shares a writing credit uh, on this movie with uh, Lewis Colick. I'm guessing that's from like the memoir. The memoir, yeah. I'm curious actually, if you had any input on the script. Uh, the script's really good. Um, and like I said, uh, movies like this can come off sometimes as really saccharine and cheesy and where, it, you know, but I think the script does a good job of, well, one, establishing all the characters and, you know, in the case of, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal's character, making it clear what he's passionate about and what he wants to do. I, you know, I, I think in, in a lesser movie, the realizing that he wants to do this thing and then put going making the steps to do it could have been like something that could be rushed in a lesser movie where you're like okay i don't buy that it you know this is happening in this amount of time um but i think the script does a good job of like selling you know it as something oh yeah i believe that you know this is happening the way it should rather than them right. rushing through like each moment of like how he started and where he ends up. I, that, and I think the screenplay does a good job of uh, establishing that. And like all the characters are also really well-rounded. Like I always, I mean, I, it, of course they're based on real people, but I always, I think I've told you before where I love watching a movie where you kind of forget that you're watching actors and you just are watching right. characters at that point. Characters, and I think yes. the combination of their performances and how it's written is how these people feel completely authentic and real and not just, like actors playing roles. Right. And no one does that yeah. better, I think, than, than Jake Gyllenhaal. I mean, obviously you can tell it's him at the beginning of a blossoming career, but uh, he very much embodies Homer Hickam, I think. And I, I love that this story is just even told and Jake Gyllenhaal is attached to, to play somebody like Homer Hickam because it's a great, great story. And I'm, I'm surprised that there's not like more adaptations or anything else. I think this is such an interesting uh, dream yeah. to follow and makes for you know fantastic film yep and considering when this came out like i feel like 1999 was i mean people were very much more accepting and wanting movies like this i think it was more of a like uh a really good time for it to come out where people were yeah. I, I imagine that maybe if it opened like today like with the current generation of moviegoers that they'd be like oh this is they probably think it was boring or cheesy or like wouldn't want to Watch sure. it. but like back but back then i think a lot of people wanted that kind of like whole it almost feels like disney could have made it for, uh, you know absolutely it cut from, from that same cloth you know like exactly it would fit in their filmography quite nicely but i feel like if it was you know kind of held from a studio <laughs> like that we would definitely be saying it was a little bit more cheesier um but that being said like it's got a 14a rating which is like kind of appropriate i don't know really know what it did to earn that i feel like it could be a pg-13 no problem but yeah but yeah um and um i also like to actually shout out laura, laura dern uh as well because i think she's and, fantastic uh, and a lot of us in our own lives have probably had at least one teacher that um like inspired us and like you know definitely and i think she and i think she uh portrays that very well totally forgot when i was watching the day that she you know what ends up happening she gets sick and then she gets like Hodgkin's lymphoma i've totally forgot that so like yep. so when he was so when he went to go visit her in the hospital like another lump in my throat i was like oh yeah i forgot this happened uh and only in the real lady was like 31 when she died that's i know which is crazy. like right around the age that laura dern was when she was filming this too actually so yeah yeah, which is crazy. really sad. I'm, I kind of remember her being in the hospital, but didn't remember why, and definitely didn't realize that she died so young. Um, do you know anything about Hodgkin's lymphoma? Is it would it have been from like the effects of coal mining? Like I know she wasn't a coal miner, but maybe just like the the dust or the atmosphere in the town. Like I'm just curious. Yeah, I was. I was wondering related. that too. I, it seemed like it could be related. Um, or is it a type of cancer? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. It is okay. Yeah. It's a type of. It, which cancer originates from a specific type of white blood cell, uh, and uh, and it's present in the patient's lymph nodes. And yeah, so yeah, okay. yeah, really young, really young to uh, yeah pass away. Like yeah, 
but I, I also like what Laura Dern does with that part because it's not like a huge role. Like it's not she's not she doesn't dominate the movie or anything, but like right. if you she has like enough moments that she sells that character really well. And she, also another likable person because you want someone like that. Uh because you know, every I think everyone that wants to do certain things that they believe that they can do needs, you know, if your parents aren't gonna cheerlead for you, you need at least someone to. And right. She rep and she represents that cheerleader role really well and yes. seeing like you know believing in what they uh can accomplish so yeah i thought she was quite good and it's just i laura dern as an actress she's one actress i didn't pay a lot of attention to until way later in right life like of course everyone knew her from jurassic park so i knew that but yes. like it's a lot of her um the stuff that she's done as she's matured as an actress whether it be uh Big Little Lies or Marriage Story or anything like no, that. Like, oh, she's, she's always pretty solid. And I, yeah. I was like, why didn't I pay more attention to her earlier? But yeah, she's she's always been pretty reliable and pretty uh, uh, never bad in anything that I can think of. Like, she's always pretty solid. I always love her work with David Lynch too. I recently watched Blue Velvet, and she's great. And yeah, to really young young role for her. That was twelve years before October Sky, and she was young then in the nineties. But uh, even yeah. Move my computer there. Um, yeah, she's she's great in all of her collaborations with David Lynch too. She's she's great, and you're right. I kind of didn't. I would have seen many Laura Dern performances like before, like the twenty late twenty tens, and that's kind of when I started taking note too of her stock as an actress. She's fantastic. She's in a lot of great stuff that kind of goes under look sometimes, but she's kind of having somewhat of like a. I don't know if I want to say like a renaissance because I don't think her career was ever dead by any means, but like I think she's getting a lot more like mainstream clout these days, which I'm happy for because she's fantastic. But Marriage Story, I think, is definitely one of those roles that kind of catapulted her back into the mainstream again. Because she's yeah. she's great in that. She uh, she definitely, I think, had I mean, like you said, I don't know if we would call it a full like career renaissance because I don't think she ever went away. No. Um, but but it was, I mean, I think the combination of like Big Little Lies, Marriage Story, all that kind of happening pretty much around the same time. And then she was, you know, getting accolades from both uh, um, right. you know, on the TV Little side Lies, and the movie side. Saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Now, there are some people that think her performance in Marriage Story is too similar to the her role in Big Little Lies. So they're like, no, that's not really a stretch. But like, I think she's good, great in both. And those are just the type of characters that they happen to be. Um, mm. But yeah, it is interesting that she... Definitely hadn't gone anywhere, but she definitely had like a run where she was like back to back, like yeah, kind of being noticed in a big way. On the note of her actual character, just a uh, one thing I wanted to throw in about what I loved is I love how she kind of like ties what what inspires her to kind of edge these guys on and like root for them and, and support them in any way she can is because she ties their inevitable success in like the science fair and with the rocket development like to yeah. her success as a teacher. And she is like sort of using wants that to be her legacy for these boys to kind of, you know, get out of the town and make something of themselves and in, in yeah. whatever fields they decide to. But I thought that was a really important motivator for her to continue to support them when they really had no one else in their corner, it seemed. And I think that just makes her character resonate so much with all the great teachers that people would have had, I'm sure throughout their school yeah. years, but she's a universal figure to a lot of people myself included she reminds me of a couple teachers that i went to school with that just were so pivotal in people's you know lives and in such a pivotal time for young people's lives as a teacher such an influential person and she embodies that in this role like better than many roles i've seen yeah um i think i've had a couple i definitely had uh, my drama teacher was one in high school i can remember that uh and then also i was in our school newspaper so um that was cool that, we didn't a have big a, reason it, a, a big a big uh kind of supporter of uh just writing in general but then also believing that i could like do more like, you know like push myself to do more so yeah i definitely saw a lot of that uh in her which is made that's, that's why i like yeah. the character so much and i'm glad that she you know unfortunately before her character passes away that she got to see that success that he was able to she was able to see that they accomplished this and yes she and then that she was right to support him uh i got a little choked up again like she's in the hospital and she's basically telling him that she can't wait to tell like you know other people future students that they can you know, see what they can do basically yes. and, they, and then you're like oh that in your mind you're like oh that's not gonna happen but uh <laughs> but, yeah, definitely know. a gut punch for sure <laughs> yeah yeah 
but yeah, it's, it is nice that she gets to see that accomplishment though. Before. Yes, and that they dedicate their last rocket, they name it Miss Riley, yeah. which is awesome. Named too. after her, yeah, yeah. Um, just in the IMDb trivia here, and I thought it'd be worth mentioning since we're recording on February the 19th, the 25th anniversary. The time this movie released on February 1999, it was uh, the real life Homer Hickam Jr.'s 56th birthday, which would make today his 81st. I'm I'm not sure if he's still alive, but pretty pretty. Oh, yeah. I believe he is. I think I, I looked it up oh, earlier, yeah? and I believe he is. Yes, yes, he, he is still alive. Oh, okay, great. Well, happy birthday, yeah. Homer Hickam Jr. That's uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I wonder. I'm guessing that might be why they released it on when they did it was for his birthday yeah, probably Perhaps, probably yeah. to yeah. coincide coincide with it uh yeah he is still alive and, uh just you know he has accomplished a lot uh he is an american author vietnam war veteran and a former nasa oh engineer who trained the first japanese astronauts and then of course his 1998 memoir rocket boys also published as october time was a new york times bestseller and was the basis for the 1990 film that we're talking about today and it says higgins body of written work also includes several additional best-selling memoirs and novels um and then um yeah his books have also been translated into many different languages so he's done a lot uh, yeah, I didn't know he was a Vietnam War vet. That's pretty crazy. What yeah, a life he led. A lot, a lot with his life. So if you're wondering why, you know, <laughs> there was a movie made uh, about him, well, there you go. <laughs> He's accomplished a great deal. Yeah, no doubt. Uh... It's interesting, too. I was like looking up as well because I was wondering why they did not film in West Virginia. And uh, they said, uh, although the film takes place in West Virginia, Tennessee was the location of choice for filming in part because of the weather and area terrain. Uh, they said film crews reconstructed the sites to look like the 19 1957 mining town setting the movie demanded. It said the weather of East Tennessee gave the filmmakers trouble and delayed production of the film. Cast and crew recalled the major weather shifts and tornadoes in the area during the filming months. But Joe Johnson claimed ultimately the movie looks great because of it. It gave the film a much more interesting and varied look. Uh, so uh, yeah, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, because come to think of it, I don't think there's a scene, an outdoor scene in this movie that maybe the railroad sequence when they're taking the tracks off, which is my favorite moment in the movie, yeah, which I'm actually just reading right now, is actually embellished for the movie. I guess in real life, they didn't actually steal the railroad, movie, <laughs> at least according to IMDb. But um, other than that, I'm pretty sure every other scene outdoors, it's like gloomy, raining, dark, which is like so picturesque of like the town and the futures that they're facing if they don't leave that town yeah. because probably so gloomy because of the coal smoke blocking out the sun but it, it, it's <laughs> funny to see that the the, uh, the weather gave them the production trouble seeing as they wanted to shoot there for the weather yeah. that's funny <laughs> that's funny uh also more than 2,000 extras were used in the film a small switching yard allowed the filmmakers and actors to film the scenes with the boys on the railroad and gave them freedom to do as they please, including the tearing apart of tracks. <laughs> they, and the locomotive used in the scene was uh, Southern Railway 4501, relettered as Norfolk and Western number 4501. And then filming concluded on April 30th, 1998, and it started on February 23rd, 1998. So they started shooting the movie pretty much a year before it was released. Okay, and did you say that the memoir came out in 1998? Let me uh, let me see. I, I think you said it when you were speaking, but I couldn't catch it. Uh, yeah, originally published in 1998 as Rocky. Oh wow, well, they adapted that yeah, quick, didn't they? Uh, pretty quick, yeah. But you know what? Some some memoirs and books kind of get like a quick turnaround. Like sometimes they will see what someone is writing or hear about it, and they will option it right away. Sometimes not even knowing what how good the book will oh, be interesting. especially if it, especially if it's like an established author too they'll they'll uh, that makes more sense yeah like Stephen yeah, yeah. king for instance but i wouldn't have guessed that yeah that's it all yeah yeah but yeah that is a pretty quick turnaround that's crazy huh. but yeah um and i was trying to see what else oh and like i said it yeah it had a 5.9 uh million dollar opening weekend which i know it seems very low but given what it ended up grossing 34.6 million dollars it had legs of some sort yeah like a, five, a, a 5.9 million dollar opening usually meant like a quick uh death in the box office but this one kind of uh stuck around a bit and it's also and it was also a very competitive time if, yeah. if, 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 in 19 and 1990 like just in general uh around that point so i I mean, the fact that it did as well as it did, even though it started so low, I think is impressive. 
I'm guessing the Matrix came around the corner and sort of killed it, if I were to guess, because I know it came out earlier March. So yeah, that's all March. There's you know, as we know, we have like an anniversary uh, list for March. There's a ton from nineteen ninety nine in March. Um yeah. yeah, you know, just a bunch of different movies are coming out. Um drama dramas, teen films. There was a lot of different things for people to like right uh sink their teeth into in nineteen ninety nine. Like all types of genres genres were taking off in a pretty Definitely. significant way. This is a pretty safe one, like very timeless sort of story and feel to it that like it feels yeah. like it could belong in any decade. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised. I mean, I guess it's not like an Oscar baby kind of movie, but I'm su- I'm kind of surprised that it wasn't positioned later in the year to maybe be one for Universal, but maybe they thought it really didn't really wasn't one. But you know, when I was watching it, I was like, I could see this like uh, snatching up some awards if they campaigned for it, but I don't know. Yeah, I was that was interesting that they didn't really. And then that thought never crossed my mind watching it. It definitely doesn't feel like it's. Ah, uh, well, maybe in this in terms of the story and like the, you know the where it's kind of gripping at your heart a little bit, but like it didn't seem to me like it was really advocating for Oscars. But you're right. I mean, yeah. maybe that had something to do with how early in the move in the year it was released. I wonder if Universal had any other uh, contenders in the Oscar in the Best Picture category that year. Maybe they just had stock in a different movie. Yeah, okay. But uh, very possible, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the performance are strong enough to, to have gotten some of that attention. But yeah, man, you're right. You might be right. It might be that they either had something else that they wanted to push more, or maybe it never really felt like that kind of movie when they were developing it. So, and uh, funny, Chris Cooper is actually in the Best Picture winner from that year too, still with uh, American Beauty, which is funny. Really? And he literally plays such a similar character; it's too good. Yeah, he had a. And I said it was like a really good year for him. <laughs> I guess what else did he do? Anything else? Uh well, yeah, so uh let's see. So American Beauty, yeah, American Beauty came out in ninety nine. This came out in ninety nine. I'm trying to see what else uh I can pull up from him. I mean that those two alone are just pretty good to have done. Oh, absolutely. It is funny that they are very similar. I mean, I don't think I don't think that I mean of course I, he has range and he can play different roles. Uh, but it is, right. you're right, he does have that kind of look and demeanor. Like when you think of a dad like that who's like, no, you're you're not doing this. You're gonna play football. You're gonna work in the mines. Like that that I looks guess, like he looks yeah. like someone like that. <laughs> More broadly, he's I'd say just a natural born like authoritarian, like authoritative figure because he plays that in a lot of even if he's not like a, a hard nosed dad, he's very much like. Has a very commanding presence. I know he's like a military. He plays a lot of military roles, like authority roles. So he's just bred for yeah. that. Yeah. Um, to keep uh, to kind of uh, the weekend that this movie opened, I'm guessing like there was there was no real big new uh, wide release. It, it opened in fourth place, five point nine million dollar opening weekend. The number one movie in America, what for the third week in a row, was a movie called Payback with Mel Gibson. That it had a ten point uh, $10.2 million weekend that weekend. And then in second place was something called Message in the Bottle. I've never seen it. It's, uh, and then Me in third either. place, my favorite, at third place, my favorite Martian. <laughs> I've never seen that either. Okay. And, uh, and, uh, and fifth place was a movie called Blast from the Past with Brendan Fraser and Alicia Silverstone. So that it was I've a heard pretty, of. pretty slow weekend that it came out. I guess out. so. <laughs> Um, I mean, not much has changed in 25 years, um, considering the box office position that we're in right now, February and January for the most part. I mean, there's been exceptions over the last few years, but very much a slow time of year for productions and definitely seems like it was the case back in 1999 yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah, and then, yeah, and the, it definitely had uh, legs. It only dropped 18.6% in its second weekend. Even though it fell out of the top five, it, it was still making decent small amounts of money from week to week until it uh exited theaters huh yeah was, I was like, what would be? yeah so yeah it had a and what it's actually two because the weekends like uh i'm looking up the weekends like that weekend then weekend the second weekend and third weekend there weren't like huge movies that were opening <laughs> but i mean but still like somebody would remember like uh, analyze this came out and was the number one movie in america during October Sky's third weekend. Cruel Intentions was in second that that weekend okay. as well. Um, but yeah, uh, and Shakespeare in Love was uh, out as well. Still okay. making money. Still making money. Thirteen weeks after it was released. <laughs> okay, yeah, it was. Yeah, still holding strong after its late yeah. 1998 release. Yeah, that's yeah, it's crazy. So yeah, 
definitely a slower time uh, when it came out, which probably helps it kind of stick around a little bit because it was probably yeah. there weren't like weren't like a ton of options, but there, you know, yeah. I mean, and I'm sure it's like one of those movies that maybe like trailer wise would be like, oh, I, I need to see that. But once a few people saw it, they're probably like, yeah, you should probably check it out because yeah. it will definitely inspire you. Like I said, it, I feel like I was inspired after it was. Uh, I feel that over. way too, honestly, hundred <laughs> percent. It it definitely has that feel to it. It is very, it, it's like a coming of age and inspirational sort of story, which go hand in hand. Those I think genres really mix well together. Yeah, and um, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal too. I mean, probably one of the more consistent actors working today. I think, and he and he and he had that skill pretty young. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah exactly and, this and, is his and, first and, leading role yeah. oh yeah and, and it only that's only developed uh since and uh yeah you can just tell i mean i guess one's the family too because maggie his sister is also a fine his actress fantastic well. yeah uh uh but yeah it, it is interesting to kind of see like when these kind of humble beginnings almost but he had so much like talent and range already that this is not even seem yeah. like you know like a start really it's like this guy's already like hit the ground running pretty much and, and it's also interesting too i, I you talked about donnie darko like that one that you said that came out two years after this yeah um, again uh, uh, another example of a completely different role uh that he plays like very very well you know right. a different a different a different type of high school student <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes very disturbed one yeah 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 uh but yeah i mean uh i'm just impressed with how good he was in this and uh because thinking about like when it came out and like what that kind of what a time like that was for him in his career, like just starting out, like he holds his own in scenes with much more veteran actors, you know? Yeah, like, absolutely. With Chris Cooper and Laura Dern. So I thought uh, he was solid. And I actually thought uh, the other kids who played the Rocket Boys were also good. They, I bought their like camaraderie as a group of people that were building this thing together and as yes, friends and you, like someone's kind of like this kind of like ragtag <laughs> group of kids uh doing this against all odds and like you you believe right. it and you buy it so like i thought um even though jake john hall would get more most of the attention i thought that together they were all really good too i completely agree and like i'd say like the, the group is only as good as its weakest link and there really is no weak link and all the rocket boys are fantastically portrayed they have enough like individualism to kind of set them all apart from one another. But I do feel like they don't fit into the typical tropes of like the four man team sort of thing. You know what I mean? Like obviously Quentin, he's like the stereotypical, like nerdy one, but like, and other than that and Homer sort of being like the unofficial leader of them in terms of like who's recognized the most, I don't feel like they, and they easily could have, but I don't feel like they really go down that road of like the typical, Right, sort of trope. So I feel like they're all very much equal, on equal footing with each other in it, and I I yeah. really like that 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 it felt that way while throughout watching it. Obviously, there's a few instances where that's not the case, like Quentin sort of being the outcast in the beginning for how nerdy he is. But uh, yeah, I also really I think it's humble or not humble, wholesome, how quickly they adopt him into their their group and are willing to like take him on to help them out and and make a friend out of him. I really liked it. Yeah. instead of him. Because like the, the funny scene when Jake Gyllenhaal first is like approaches him in the cafeteria and he's sitting by himself and when he decides to actually sit down at the table with him and like it's all talk of the school, so typical yeah. like again bordering on cheese, but I think it was more wholesome than cheesy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, see, and that and that is the key difference because they're, they're yeah, you know, and it's a fine line, and I think that comes down to like the writing and direction of it too, and in the mm-hmm. acting because that could easily be uh, like you said cheesy, but it, you know it. Didn't come across that way though. Yeah, it works. Yeah, so. it, it's, yeah. it's more. It's definitely more wholesome um, than anything, right? Um, and yeah, so I, I, I was also looking up too because um, I wanted to see if there was any differences between the movie and the book, and there are a few actually. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, what do we got? Yeah. Okay. It says the movie was praised for its portrayal of the 1950s Appalachia, despite several major and minor differences from the book on which it is based. So Homer Hickam is the main character's name uh, in the book. And in real life, he was nicknamed Sonny. So they, they called him that a lot in real life. Okay. Uh, Homer Hickam Jr.'s father was not named John. This was changed in an effort to keep the audience from being confused. Um, <laughs> Too many Homers. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There were actually six Rocket Boys rather than the four in the movie. Some of the movie's representations of the characters are a combination of, of, of the real life boys. Their names were, of course, Homer Hickam Jr., Quentin, uh, 
Wilson, Jimmy Odell, Carol, Roy Lee Cook, Billy Rose, and Sherman Sires. Uh, the Rocket Boys did not steal the robot parts, as you said, as in the film. However, they did attempt to grab a cast iron pipe under the tracks, and according to Homer's website, this almost got him killed. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> while the boys were accused of starting a fire, they were never detained. The police soon realized that their rockets could not have traveled over three miles, and the boys were exonerated. Homer never had to prove their innocence as his character did in the film. Now, I guess it does feel like more of a movie thing yeah. when you're watching it. Agreed. Um, but it's fine. It, it, it's fine. You're. I mean, sometimes a movie, sometimes a movie is gonna movie, and that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that. a good expression. <laughs> I also like too that like although the, the principal is very much more of like an antagonistic character for majority of the movie at the time. Once they are sort of proven that they didn't start it, and he yeah more like turns on their side and gets Homer enrolled in the school again. I, I like that he sort of switches to their side too. Uh, Homer uh, actually never dropped out of school to work in the town's mine. He did, however, work in the mine the following summer, as described in Hickam's book, Sky of Stone. And then Homer never met uh, Werner Von Braun. As it turns out, Von Braun was looking for the Rocket Boys exhibit when Homer was looking for him, and they missed each other. Oh. Um, on that note, too, uh, the so Werner Von Braun, the former Nazi scientist, apparently him and the actual Jake Gyllenhaal are distant cousins in real life. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, that's so, crazy. Yeah, both wow. a common descendant they have in, or uh, they're both descendants of William the Conqueror, who I recognize from a history class, but can't tell you what he did. But yeah, quite, pretty interesting. Gyllenhaal, I think, also is like a European name. Yeah. Also, yeah. it's totally not well, not completely off topic for the movie because Jake Gyllenhaal is in it. I would like to point out, like, when writing, spelling Gyllenhaal for any article. Even though oh you would God, think, I, even though you would, even though you would think I've ruined, I've typed it so many times that I should like know it offhand. Sometimes I have to like relook and be like, and it's also a, like, yeah, it's not an easy name to spell offhand either. Uh, I don't think I've ever successfully yeah, written it. No, <laughs> yeah, it's a nightmare um, name. Yeah, yeah, and uh, like I said, uh, the other cultural impact we talked about the the festivals uh, that they held in West Virginia and Tennessee. They said the Rocket Boys often visit the festival in West Virginia, which is also called the Rocket Boys Festival. While the festival in Tennessee focuses more on the filming locations, the Tennessee Festival site claims that the festival is a celebration of our heritage. Also, they said Jeff Bezos, the billionaire founder of Amazon, saw a screening of October Sky in 1999 in a subsequent conversation with the science fiction writer, uh, Neil uh, Stevenson, Bezos commented that he had always wanted to start a space company. Stevenson urged him to do so. Bezos then started the private aerospace manufacturing and services company Blue Origin, and Stevenson became one of the company's early employees. So he Neat. was him. So Jeff Bezos himself, inspired by the movie. Okay, <laughs> wow, it's all about it's, it's all uh, is all about inspiration. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that is actually super cool. And then as far as uh, reviews, when the movie came out, uh, it has a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, oh, so it's very fresh. It's very, very fresh. It received an A cinema score uh, on its opening day from opening uh, moviegoers uh, when it uh, first premiered. And they said many critics commended the movie for its focus on family values and inspirational aspects, particularly the main character's relationship with his father and the actor's performance. Roger Ebert gave the film three and a half stars out of four. Recognize that the film doesn't simplify the father into a bad guy or a tyrant. He understandably wants his son to follow in his footsteps, and one of the best elements of the movie is in breaking free. He is respecting his father. The movie has very deep values in it. And, um, yeah, continue to get reviews. Uh, some uh, websites actually put it on their uh, entertainment uh, outlets listed on their one of their best movies of the year. Now, I make a, didn't make a ton of those lists, but it was on some. I think deservedly so. It's definitely seeing it now again. I think I would put it up there. Some one of my favorite '90s movies, if not just from 1999, yeah. and yeah. criminally overlooked too. Again, just based on how much I enjoyed it today, I don't feel like I in the mainstream I hear this movie talked about. I only by chance having seen it in middle school is the only way that I even knew what it was. I don't think I've been put on this movie from anybody else or from any like of the various like socials I follow of other movie pages i don't i don't know about you has that been your experience too yeah it kind of has been mine i mean the only like real i think association i really had with it over the years and not like thinking about it much is if it is brought up in some way it's more brought up as like oh that's one of jake Gyllenhaal's 
earlier movies and then right. that kind of doesn't really and then beyond that i don't think i really thought about it much else like if someone else were asking me like oh where did he i knew what movie broke him out and it was this one but then like i would probably name it with a group but i wouldn't just name this i'd be like oh i think it's october sky or donnie darko it was like somewhere right. around then but like the movie as a whole i don't think it's talked about um a lot at all and you know and consider how good the reviews were 91 percent fresh rating is pretty good on the, yeah absolutely on tomato site um i am kind of surprised that it it doesn't have i don't want to say like this kind of like staying power but like it uh definitely doesn't seem to get brought up in like even retrospectively you know no yeah no i completely agree which surprises me but i mean there are a million movies out there and it's hard to give them all justice but i mean for those maybe that are listening that haven't seen uh october sky i mean safe to say i think it gets the stamp of approval from for both of us and you definitely should not overlook it especially you know fans of jake gyllenhaal or chris cooper's or laura derns or even joe johnson if you guys have listened or sorry watched movies that we rattled off that he's directed before and you haven't seen october sky safe to say i think you'd really enjoy it yep as we said as we said when we were reading his filmography that we were surprised i was like oh he did that too yeah (laughs) actually pretty nuts filmography yeah, I, I forgot that he did Captain America, the first Avenger. I oh, totally blanked on that. Uh, that's what I know thing. him from, but other than the other movies he'd done, that's what I associate him with, I guess I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the movie does get our seal of approval for sure. I mean, it. I think you would have to have like a tiny black heart to not like uh, be I, like <laughs> yeah, a lump of coal in your heart. And yeah, stuff. yeah, basically yeah. To, to not like be like moved by it or inspired by it. It really, it's one of those movies that doesn't really do anything wrong. Like it's just like it, no, yeah, exactly, at, at all. And I'm guess I'm probably mad at myself for letting that much time go between having seen it last and also not kind of like rotating it more in like my kind of repertoire, you know, movie watching, right, and right, also right. like it's recommending hard, it more to other people. You know? Recommending and, is where we can step in and sort of maybe get more people onto watching it. So hopefully people that are, if you ever listening to your this anniversary episode, by all means, go out and watch it and spread the word. It really is a phenomenal little, little movie for sure. I'd say it's not yeah. too grandiose or ambitious, but it does everything it does. Like you said, right. It doesn't really misstep anywhere. Yeah, at all. And sometimes that's all you need. Uh, I agree. And uh, they really did a good job with the poster by putting from the producer of Field of Dreams, another movie that inspired, <laughs> inspires and chokes people up. <laughs> oh, well, they well, another it. one I have not, not seen, actually. Oh, it's good. I mean, like, I'm not even like a baseball person. I, I don't know what it is about sports movies. Like, I didn't grow up playing in them, but like, so, sometimes enough. when I watch them, I'm not them, huge I on sports come. movies either, and <laughs> I did grow up play, playing a lot. But there's certain ones when I watch them, like, you have like, it's hard not to feel moved by them or like right. the kind of like camaraderie teamwork and like winning against all odds. I don't know. I guess I'm into that. <laughs> right. And why they kind of work for me sometimes. Um, but yeah, I guess we are at the point where we have to uh, give this one a score. Did you letterbox this one yet? Not yet. It'll be, it'll be coming after for sure. Okay. But um, okay. in, in keeping with letterbox score, I mean, there's nothing about this movie that I wouldn't, that I have issue with. I would just, would say that maybe it just doesn't quite reach that level of like an absolutely perfect movie for me, but it would be very, very close. And for that reason, I would give it four out of five stars. Yeah, we're on the same page. I was gonna give it four too. Nice. There we go. Oh, okay, perfect. Right in agreement. That's great. Yeah, solid, solid four, and completely entertaining. And I, I think, like you said, it, it's a, it's a small, it's a small movie, but I think it, the intentions make it feel bigger than it is. And um, that, yeah, for sure. So like, but yeah, I think I think one of those movies from the class of 1999. I hope uh, since it is celebrating this milestone anniversary because like you know 25 is a big one. Um, That's right. That uh, um, more people will talk about it and share it. I, I did see Mark did post for it on his uh, release date rewind. Uh, he posted that it was its 25th anniversary today. I saw some stuff on Twitter earlier that some people shouted it out. So hopefully more people are uh, discovering it and sharing it because I think it's a a really good movie um that more people should see i would i would love for like a newer generation to find it and yeah definitely uh and because um like i said i think i think when i said earlier you don't really have a lot of movies like this anymore definitely that really not. that really sell that kind of uh wholesome like you know inspirational you know vibe anymore and you know i think 
the way kids grow up now is a little bit different from how they were growing up in 1999. <laughs> totally uh, different. Um, You're absolutely right. But this is the kind of stuff they should be checking out uh, and to, to hopefully maybe, you know, push them to do uh, and go for their dreams and, you know, and without... If you're ever uh, told by someone that you can't do something, you really feel like you can do it. Uh, you know, they, I think the best person to believe in yourself is yourself sometimes, and you just gotta do what you want to do, especially when you have particular dreams. And I think that this movie sells that, and I think a new mm-hmm. generation of movie watchers would get a lot out of seeing a movie like this because of its themes and because of the message in it. So, hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully, more people start spreading it around. Yes, I agree. And uh, if anyone happens to be listening that is in any way uh, on any sort of school or curriculum board, you know, by all means, con- uh, continue to show this movie because <laughs> it's very impactful. I'd say to anybody in school, if you're going through um, any, you know, any sort of curriculum that involves sort of rockets or engineering or anything like that, I'd say it'd be a pivotal watch. I'm glad I got to see it in school. I hope it's still in the curriculum here. I don't know if it is, but I feel like it would be one of those movies that would make sense to be screened at NASA too. Yeah, ah, uh, yeah, I can totally see that too. And my, and also, I think I'm going to throw a poll up, uh, for this guy. I would like to know if anyone else saw this for the first time in school because I saw it for the first time, uh, in high school. You said you saw it for the first time in what would be right. what junior, junior, junior high, junior school? high, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to know if like other people also discovered it or were watched in high school. I Did do remember the it? vibe when it was shown because like. <laughs> there's that running joke sometimes when teachers will throw on a movie because they don't either they don't have anything planned for the day or right. they don't really you know i want to say don't feel like it but that's used to be the joke they'd be like oh they mustn't feel like coming up with the lesson plans so this is why we're watching a movie um but this was one that was thrown on because it felt that way it felt like oh we don't have anything really the larger day oh is that right eh? okay yeah 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 so we're, so we're just gonna watch this. luckily i and, was tied into our curriculum which was made made it interesting yeah um but yeah, yeah, I do want to know if it, it, any other people discovered this for the first time in high school. Because yeah, I feel so like that would be a good question. a good point to like. I feel like this would be one that you would probably have seen for the first time in school. Like it wouldn't surprise me if more people like ourselves saw it that way for the first well, time. Let us know, guys. Yeah, and that kind of wraps up uh, exactly episode one fifty two. Uh, back to the blockbuster, our third anniversary uh, episode of the year so far i want to number these i know we're going to have a lot of anniversary yeah episodes, i'm so glad I just, that you've been doing I, so i have already uh, lost count because <laughs> i would really I, I really wouldn't want to know by the time we get to the end of the calendar year like how many did we fit in because we you know we we've joked about how like the just the class of 99 alone is a very daunting anniversary yes. uh, year. Uh, and we're going to try to get as many of these good ones uh, your way as we can, uh, but we know we can't get them all in. And, but I'm glad that we're able to do ones like this because this is not like an obvious pick. And um, you've actually done this before when you had us do Dallas Buyers Club because that wasn't an obvious one either. And uh, and then another one was Fruitville Station that wasn't too obvious either. And that was another good one to cover as well. Yes. So I'm glad to shine a light on the not too obvious ones, but we'll also have some other fun, popular ones to kind of tire ourselves out trying to watch stuff that came out in '99 or '89, whatever. Uh, a lot of a lot of work to do at back to the blockbuster this year <laughs> in oh, terms absolutely. of movie anniversaries we got a busy schedule <laughs> yeah um and if you want to continue to listening uh to some of our anniversary episodes or our new show you can find us uh, wherever you get your podcasts apple Podcasts, good pods spotify um, but we also need to shout out playlist studios and their app because they have been very very good to us they're also currently working on uh getting us fully up and running on our uh, YouTube page. So we will also have uh, our videos and stuff on YouTube in addition to listening to us on your favorite podcast uh, platforms. So that'll be another way to discover the show. And we are going to do our very best to generate uh, more content that is suitable for like the visual medium as well. So you're going to see like a lot of reels from us. And I think uh, the good thing about the YouTube uh, part of it, I think we're going to be able to sell ourselves more as individuals and not just like, the mm. you know the back back to the box buster image as it is we'll right. be able, you'll be able to get to, you'll be able to get to know us guess jackson a bit more uh via the youtube channel so we are very excited for uh all those changes coming soon and we are very happy that you guys have continued to support um the show across um any platform that you choose to listen to us on and uh also i want to mention this before uh, i wrap up completely we had a really good uh good good pods week 
Um, yeah, yes, we did. Uh, uh, what, uh, the the show act itself, we I think for the fifth, first time cracked the top ten for the top one hundred shows on their on their app any category. So right. uh, we we were number nine and right below us. It's so weird because they have they have every podcast on there, but they pushed independent podcasts podcasts to the to the front. Right. But it was it was just it was just funny because we were, we were number nine and at number ten there was like the podcast for like Dateline was like right beneath us. So that was <laughs> kind of kind of funny to see that. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then um and a lot of our episodes have charted high on just the top one hundred uh episodes on Good Pods any category as well. We had like a news episode that stayed on I don't know what it was. I don't know if the keyword just it was the DC Supergirl casting one. I don't know if it was just okay I don't know if it was the keywords in it or what it is. I think keeping episodes shorter has also helped uh, with uh, the staying power of each episode. But yeah, just want to thank you guys for supporting us on all our platforms, but that one especially because they really do shine a light on independent podcasts. And um, I don't know. It's been nice to see the the kind of a progression of the show. Yeah, the support. Absolutely. Yeah. So like we we are we're excited about that. We're excited about so many things that we're gonna be bringing you back to the blockbuster. And Jackson and I actually are gonna be talking again very shortly after this episode ends because we have another uh special episode that we're gonna be doing for you guys, a pretty interesting one about AI, the doom and gloom of AI for for, for the for <laughs> it's the, about for, to for get the, dark <laughs> for the entertainment industry. So that's gonna be a fun, uh thought-provoking conversation that we also hope you guys enjoy. But until then, uh, we will see you next time. Yes, guys. guys. Take care. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. We're getting so good at keeping